Hello everyone, welcome back to Neighborhood Conversations where we welcome diverse individuals who are doing amazing things in communities, organizations that are really amazing in Nova Scotia. And we have the amazing opportunity to interview Annika Walton, um, Executive Director at Impact um, Organizations of Nova Scotia also known as IONS. Um, I am so excited um, to get to have a chat with Annika today. We're gonna dive into community conversations and develop more knowledge. Um, Annika, it's such a pleasure to have you on this conversation today. How are you? I'm great and thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming. I know, it's been a long time. We haven't seen each other since um, summer and so it's really good that um, we get to actually have a conversation in this light and also get to learn more about ions and so i want to deep dive into the conversation now and first of all get to know who you are and also um, talk a little bit about what is ions yeah sure so do you want me to start with myself a little bit yeah about start that? with yourself and then go go along with ion yeah yeah sure yeah so um where do i start i um so i live in in Shibuktuk in halifax and i grew up here i was one of the many people who moved away many times and come back and and now um i very much call this province home and um, I had, I think, a, a windy journey getting to the social impact sector. I have three business degrees. I started out in commerce and did an MBA and then eventually a, a PhD focusing on social enterprise. And I spent time in my, the early days of my career working in a corporate environment. I explored um, working my, with my dad in the home construction industry, and I worked in um, different levels of government. So I worked um, on climate policy with the federal government and also in different departments in Nova Scotia. And then finally, I had always had an interest in um, in environmental and social issues. And that kind of led me to go back to school that last final time and really lean into the world of social innovation and networks and social enterprise. Um, and then it was just kind of serendipity and opportunity opened up and somebody I used to work with asked if I might be interested in exploring. That led to me becoming um, an executive director of a nonprofit, and that was about seven years ago. I helped to uh, to found an organization called Inspiring Communities here in Nova Scotia, and then three years ago, I moved over to what was then the Community Sector Council of Nova Scotia, and we've since rebranded to become Ions. Ah, this is that. That's definitely. <laughs> innovation in itself um and also inspiring <laughs> at the same at the same time which is really good i want to ask you a quick question what does social innovation mean to you when it comes down to the the to impact and community yeah yeah great question um and i think um for me, social innovation is really rooted in systems change and relationships, but it's, it's, it's essentially about finding new ways of connecting, working together and um, identifying solutions for, for solving the complex problems that we're facing. 
Yeah, that's totally um, so key. And it sometimes is hard. Well, is it hard to build relationships? It it depends, right? It depends. <laughs> I think it, I think it's hard. It's easy and yeah. hard. <laughs> inevitably there's hard aspects that emerge so it's more about leaning into those sometimes yeah and you know sometimes community it's hard to get feedback from community and sometimes it's easy to get feedback from community um, can you discuss a time when community's feedback significantly influenced the direction of your organization or the outcome of a specific project that you worked on that positively went well yeah let's talk about that sure and uh i'm gonna guess that there are some folks listening who have no idea what ions is or what we do so i'll just give a little bit of info at a high level so um our work is really about um helping to um, connect organizations, help to develop capacity of people, and um, raise awareness of the um, needs and priorities and challenges of what we call the community impact sector. So a lot of our work focuses on um, nonprofits and charities, voluntary groups, nonprofit social enterprises, but essentially those um, groups of people out there who are working toward some kind of positive community impact. And um, so we do lots of different things. We we host learning events, we host networking events, we um, do research, we spend time kind of advocating with government or media or whatever to to do that work. And so um, I think, you know, when I was reflecting on this question about how has community impacted or how has the voice of community impacted what we do and uh templeton you know you were on our our board while we were developing this strategy but um over the last um year or so we we really took a, a deep dive um into what are we really about at our core and how do we want to um reframe our strategy and our priorities as an organization and um i think uh, where we've landed is a lot about the fact that, you know, we're, we're living through an extremely challenging time for many different reasons. And the status quo is just not serving us. And so there are many aspects about that. And of course, very central are the inequities that are um, so embedded in, in our systems and our, our ways of being. And so we're really interested in you know, what does a what does a different future, a different way of working, different systems look like? And we want to play as much as we can a role in helping to stimulate ideas and thinking and connections to kind of bridge from the now to a better future. Right. And um, so about three, four years ago, maybe now, um, the, the Community Sector Council, which is what we were called before, was um, you know engaging in a number of, of different kinds of capacity building initiatives, but it had kind of um, lost its way a little bit in terms of focus and and really being clear to people about what what the focus was. And so um, it, along, around the time that COVID hit, there was an intention to do what's referred to as a decolonization learning journey. 
And uh, it was going to be, I believe, an in-person learning journey. And because of COVID, it turned into a series of webinars that were really led by and, and held by um, the Mi'kmaq community in Unamagi. And um, I think I'm, I'm bringing this up because there was such an incredible response to that initiative. Like during COVID, there were hundreds of people from across the country even who tuned in to um, go along that virtual learning journey. And then after that, we did something similar um, about the history of African Nova Scotians and Black communities in, in Nova Scotia called the Black History Learning Journey. And we and then more recently, we've, we've done a queer learning journey. And because of the, the work that was done and the relationships that were formed, um, that work and, and centering equity and justice really became um, a defining element of the IONS identity and the work that we do. So I think that's an example of how, you know, the interest, the fact that people showed up, that there's clearly a gap out there in terms of learning opportunities was a kind of a defining moment for the organization. And we've got, we've had other examples too, like, you know, we hear over and over that burnout is a, is a really big issue in the sector. So we've offered um, learning and connecting spaces around that. We've heard that recruitment and retention is, is a really big issue. So we've recently launched um, a Beyond Decent Work campaign to lean into that. So we're always trying to be responsive. Wow, that's really amazing that you're, you're being more so, all these topics are so important, especially the one on finding that balance of burnout um, and connecting and then also bringing, um, having diverse cultural um, and gender-based um, sessions, um, one to educate community, but also to hear feedback from what they want and what they want to see in the nonprofit sector. And I've been in the nonprofit sector for quite a while now. <laughs> I feel I've been, I've been jumping in different um, areas. Um, what are what are like some advice you would give to nonprofit sectors um, who are going into this work of community impact and and also who's going into this work just to to get feedback from community because I feel that sometimes nonprofits say that they're getting feedback from community but they target their community partners who is who they would define as community who yeah yeah. My, I have part two of this question. Who is, who is the community um, that, um, how, how do they define the community that they're serving, but also um, how do they get the, how do they be intentional in getting those feedback? Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to listen to some Nova Scotia Works client stories. I look forward to my family's security in the future. That's the main goal as a father. The empowerment from changing careers has really just made me want to get out of bed in the morning. I'm looking forward to growing my business. So I want to hire people like I was hired. I want to give guys that chance. Il me fait plaisir de continuer à travailler avec les immigrants francophones en Nouvelle-Écosse. I'm looking forward to the financial freedom that I never had before. And now back to the podcast. Yeah, I. Hmm, those are good questions. How do you define the community that you're serving? I think. Um, I think 
you know, for ions, we are, it, it's fairly clear and very broad. Like it's, yeah. it's, um, it's mostly organizations and people working and volunteering in those organizations for, um, for a nonprofit that is focused on a particular social issue, say, um, the housing crisis, um, then, you know, that becomes a little bit more challenging and maybe requires, you know, some thought around, is it a geographic focus? Is it um, a particular community that is more vulnerable that you're focusing on? Is it an age group? Um, is it anyone who is experiencing um, homelessness? Then, um, But really, I, I think it it's an important question to be intentional about as you're establishing your organization's mission and and really making sure that once you are clear about who it is that you're serving, um, that you're engaging them intentionally. And I, I may be reading between the lines a little bit in terms of how you phrase the question, but I, I do think that, um, you know, maybe for, for historical reasons and, and sometimes problematic um, uh, ways of working in the nonprofit and charitable sector, we can, we can tend to be blind to or ignore um, certain community groups. And um, so I think in terms of, you know, you mentioned being intentional and um, really getting a better sense of, of kind of who's out there, whether it's, um, you know, local Indigenous communities, local newcomer communities, Black communities, people living with different mental um, illnesses or disabilities, that that um, there isn't uh, too too naive of an assumption that you're serving everybody that's that's affected by the issue you're trying to address. Yeah, I totally agree. And actually, um, I currently co-founded an organization, um, which I will not share until we launch out. Um, <laughs> we're, we're in conversations right now um, in defining the demographic of who we're serving and making sure that we're being intentional, not just to broaden the context, um, because we want to make sure that we're, we're really intentional of that narrowing down focus, um, which is really important. And it goes down um, to that community engagement piece, um, which is my next question. How do you define a little bit of the inclusivity and the diversity and community engagement, engagement efforts to address the needs to all of your stakeholders who are involved and stuff like that? Because sometimes um, inclusivity and diversity is sometimes missed <laughs> or sometimes it's put in different contexts and saying, oh, we're a DEI organization, but um, we're not being intentional um, in that way of saying, okay, we hire someone, so that's our DEI community engagement approach. Um, how do we how do we get get into that type of work? Yeah, and what does IONS do? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, like we were just talking a little bit about relationships, and I I think I can't stress enough the importance of the relational element of, of this work and especially in relation to um, diversity and inclusion. It's, it's a journey that will be lifelong for me and, and for, for IONS. And, and we've been really um, 
intentional and vocal about the fact that we prioritize diversity and are trying to create an inclusive space within the organization, but also um, hopefully to share our stories and our experiences and what we've learned to inspire others to come along this journey with us. And so I think, you know, it starts with the recruitment process. Um, but I think that really it starts before that because you need to have relationships and you need to, you know, need to know how to um, connect with different communities in a way that goes beyond posting a job online, for example. And um, I think in order to really um, develop those relationships and develop credibility and trust, there's it takes time. It takes like showing up over and over. It takes humility and admitting when you've made mistakes and also being reliable and not shying away from hard conversations and um, being willing to come back to things when maybe they don't feel good. So it's, um, I say that because I think until until we really are in a better place from just human to human, then it's really hard for organizations to um, really, really, truly be welcoming and inclusive. And I guess just a few things that IONS is doing, like we've, we um, have shared a lot of this on our website, so you can check it out at ions.ca, but around our hiring processes, um, we do things like we share our interview questions and our process um, upfront and in transparent ways. We uh, make sure that salaries are posted um, along with our job descriptions. We pay honoraria for people who do interviews with us. We um, do reverse reference checks. So not only do we collect references from the people that we're interviewing, but we also offer um, the opportunity for them to check references on us. And, um, you know, even little things like being clear about comfortable clothing or changing the lighting in the space or things like that. So I definitely can't take credit for all of this. I, and I think another piece here is that, you know, we do have a fairly diverse team and listening to those folks and what they've experienced as needs for themselves and putting those into, into the different processes that we implement. So, um, you know, I've learned a lot about neurodivergence, for example, and anxiety and, um, you know, thinking about those things from an accessibility lens as well. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of different things we're, we're experimenting with and, um, and we're, we're, it's hard, <laughs> you know, like yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. have spent, we, we hired somebody, um, been working with her now for a few years, but um, we have a coach that we work with and her um, area of expertise is on generative conflict. Wow. And I really think that that is at the root of a lot of um, equity and justice work is how, right. how comfortable are we with um, being held accountable and having hard conversations and um, being honest with each other. Wow, that's really important. And I really like the approach um, that IONS is doing, especially what stood out to me just now in this conversation. It's the part where 
the reference part um, where you're also sharing um, references um, with the person who you're interviewing. That's something that most organizations do, doesn't do. And, and I feel like that's like worthy. Um, also the process uh, of the interview. I think that that's something that really um, struck out. I actually taught, I, I said this a lot um, in previous um, meetings and encounters with other nonprofit organizations where sometimes um, their interview process is not like inclusive or sometimes they're not welcoming for follow-up questions or um, being able to um, deepen into the knowledge. And I find that to be an issue um, where I got a response from another individual say, oh, um, well, if we do a follow-up question for one, we have to do it for all. But like, yeah, sure. If you want to do it for all, do it for all. Like it's really a, a process of getting to know the person and also don't be too strict with the questions that you create, but being open to, get to getting to know the individual, which gives them more of that um, engagement um, to hire the right person and to get to know the, the real story of that individual and their passion. So yeah, really, really important. Yeah. Wow. Annika, this has been like so good. And I, I, I want to ask when it comes down to um, different communication strategies. And I know IONS share a lot on their <laughs> social media, which I love, um, which has great content. Um, like what, what is the role um, that your technology and social media play um, in, in community engagement strategies and how do they evolve over time because I've seen like so many topics that you shared that some of your team has shared, but also on the IONS page as well. Like how do you keep that going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I shared a little bit about what we do as an organization and I think that is partly why we have such a great and strong communications team because a big part of our role is to um, listen and engage and then amplify voices. So yeah. social media and our newsletter are a big way that we do that. Um, and it has definitely grown and evolved um, in the three years that I've been at IONS. And I think yeah. actually um, in the last three years, the organization hired its first comms person. So, and now we have a team wow. of four. So, um, but uh but I think, you know, what, something we're experimenting with right now is, you know, we there's so many different issues in this sector. You could talk about, you know, volunteerism and governance and funding and HR issues and many, many things, many different topics. And we get asked to um, provide input on or, or provide resources about so many different things. So it became overwhelming. And we decided that we wanted to try to focus our external communications more intentionally. So this is the first time just in the last couple of months that we've um, kind of described it as a campaign effort. So we've launched our Beyond Decent Work campaign, and it's really focused on um, helping folks to um, develop and nurture inclusive and welcoming workspaces. And so it's that first part of the recruitment um, phase of bringing in new team members. So we're doing things like, you know, we've been wanting to do policy briefs and we call them possibility briefs to try wow. to highlight, um, here's the data that we have and here's um, what people need to know. And then we've also included in those calls to action. And I think that's what we're really excited about is how can we use um 
social media and other ways of external communications to mobilize the sector, as well as to connect the sector and provide information that they can then use to make change in their organizations. So recently we, um, we uh, shared out our um, salary scales. Felt a little vulnerable doing that, but yeah. uh, I've had several um, EDs from different nonprofits here reach out and say just how valuable it was because yeah. we do aim to pay um, at or above kind of industry average. And so they've yeah. been able to take those to their board and advocate for pay raises for their teams. And some have been successful doing that. So Wow, that's really amazing and inspiring. Um, I admire IONS a lot. I uh, And that's the reason why I continue to stay connected with the work that you folks do um, because of the openness and the, and the dialogue that you have with and within your team from the board level and also with other communities um, in, in, uh, in that sort. Um, so I, I commend you on the work that you're doing. Before we go, I, I always try to invite um, a, a tip or a quote or a message of hope that, that's going to help inspire our nonprofit sector organization and charitable sector organizations to create action in this work that they're going into community engagement. What do you have for us? <laughs> You're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful question. I don't know if I can pull out a quote that fast, but yeah. I think um, I, th- I really think it's just, it's about um, moving beyond reimagining challenging the status quo. I think this is a sector as I've, you know, I'm still fairly new to it, but I just see so much evidence of we do it this way because it's how it's always been done versus it actually needing to be done that way. So I, I really think this is the time for us to to break out some of those, out of those past behaviors. The time is now. I really agree with that. Um, and thank you so much again, Annika. Annika, um, it's always good to have you on here and folks listening, audience listening, I hope that you take um, some great knowledge because we're going to invite you back on. I feel like there needs to be a part two of this conversation because the nonprofit sector needs growth and knowledge and what you shared today is definitely a a huge resource um, that can um, help nonprofits go go through a longer way um, and also helping other board members who listen to this podcast and to give them a clearer perspective of other um, approaches and stuff like that. So thank you so much for coming on to the conversation um, today. Yeah. Audience, thank you so much for listening to us. And I hope to see you at our next episode. Have a great day. Until next time. This podcast is funded by the Government of Nova Scotia.